Hello and welcome to episode four of the Spirit of Life in Ibiza podcast. We are sat here today at Etta Manel, a beautiful healing hub and esoteric shop in Santa Eulalia. The shop is full of beautiful smells and stunning ethically sourced crystals, which always have an incredibly calming influence on me whenever I come here. That calming influence is also extended by today's guest, Lydia Lakshmi, who set Etamanel up two and a half years ago. Lydia worked in various esoteric shops in London before coming to Ibiza, including the infamous Mysteries of Covent Garden. Through this work and the time that she spent living in Mexico, she forged contacts with several ethical mineral dealers. Lydia uses crystals as a healing tool and is also able to communicate with the mineral world, bringing back beautiful messages from that realm. As well as communicating with the mineral world, Lydia is also in contact with the spirit world. So this should make for quite the interesting conversation. So welcome, Lydia. I'm very much looking forward to chewing the fat with you today. Hello, beautiful Nabby. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of um, your wonderful podcast. I'm very grateful for you being here and uh, to be honest it just it, it, it makes sense for me to be sat here with you today in this beautiful healing hub that we're in because when I first came over to Ibiza in June obviously I came I came to the centre and got to know you and I, I made you aware of my book coming out you were just so incredibly supportive around that and you offered to let me use the centre to do my book launch so to be honest I wasn't really planning on doing a book launch because I wasn't really I guess I was still struggling with my confidence which I probably still am a little bit today but uh, yeah I was struggling with my confidence and struggling to step into my power and really own the work that I've done and you just said hey come on let's just do this so you you really gave me that that platform I guess to, to just to just do it it was wonderful for me to sit here and talk openly and honestly not only about my journey but this connection that I have with spirit and I also had the opportunity as well to use the center to practice my healing to music and people dancing for the first time which is something that I've wanted to do for a while and again you you gave me that that platform that confidence and that support so I really am very grateful for, for that and uh, very happy to be doing this podcast with you today Oh, thank you so much, Nabi. Really, it's been such a pleasure getting to know you. And um, when you first walked into Etamanel with your book, I was so happy to receive it as a gift for a very special message that was written inside personally for me. And to be honest, you very much inspired me also. Um, I can very much relate to you in the sense of learning how to trust your connection to spirit and putting yourself out there to the world where you have held this information or this connection very sacred and quite private to yourself. I, I can completely understand that. So I feel that when you came and you presented your book, it was that perfect opportunity to to give you a space where you can be seen and heard and felt by the people here in Ibiza. And for me, Etamanel has been carrying that energy of creating an open space where people are able to connect to the world of energy and go deeper into the studies of spirit. It was a pleasure to work on your launch and create a sacred space, a welcoming space for the people to come and receive the gifts that you were sharing through your connection with spirit. Oh, thank you again. And to be honest, if it wasn't for me taking that, that first step, I think back in September now, I probably wouldn't be sat here doing podcasts now. So that really has actually helped me to take a, a huge leap forward in the work that I'm lo looking to do. So once again, very grateful. But uh, yeah, part of the reason we're sat here as well is because you also have some incredible gifts that I'd love you to share with our listeners out there. You are able to communicate with the mineral world with crystals as well as communicating with spirit. Yeah, let's start with the crystals because that's, that's an interesting one. So my journey with crystals uh, really started at a very young age. I felt very drawn to them. I think I might have been about six, five, six, seven, around about that age. My mum used to read a lot about astrology, the stars and crystals. And she's always had a big love for nature and I remember my mum having this book something on the lines of uh, the magical world of the mineral kingdom and just the colours 
caught my eyes and I, I started to collect stones. I think I was probably about seven when I started to collect stones. I never really knew what they were, what they did, but there was something fascinating about them for me. And I started to do some self-studies, I guess. And one of my favorite books, Love is in the Earth, which is by Melody, an incredible crystal healer and uh, teacher who channeled and scientifically proved many incredible things with the use of crystals. So during my time of reading her book, uh, I wanted to experience the magic of crystals. I wanted to experience these energies. I knew they were alive as the mineral kingdom is just as much as alive as the plant kingdom, just as much as the animal kingdom and just much as much as we are. But I still was only connecting to crystals at that time more um, on a physical matter. So I gave myself the opportunity to study with crystals, which I started in 2009, I think it was. And I done a two-year crystal healing diploma with the VHF in London, which is the Vibrational Healing Foundation. And really it was during these two years that I got to experience, first of all, myself as an energetic being, and then the energies of the mineral kingdom. And I really feel the most important thing when connecting to anything, it's really about our connection to ourself. So during my studies, I really got to understand and have firsthand experience of what my energy field feels like what my energy bodies are, where they are, where are they existing, what are they communicating to me. And once I become more aware of my energetic bodies, I was able to sense and feel the energies of different minerals and different crystals and start to slowly create a space where I could be in more of a communication with them, which still is building now. So I find with crystals that many people who have written books give a specific detailed account of the properties that these crystals have. And I resonate with, with some of the information, yet as consciousness for me is always evolving, crystals will always be teaching us something new. So it's been quite a while since I've been communicating with them and I'm still learning. So... It's a, yeah, very magical experience. And so when you're communicating with them, what, what sort of communication actually happens? So my first, my first experience with the crystals was to feel them on a very basic level. And it was sensing whether I felt the energy to be more of a dense energy, so more of a lower energy, if I could feel it more, you know, in my feet or in my legs, if I was feeling drawn down by the energy, or if I was feeling um, uplifted by the energy, or if I was feeling high from the energy. So from these three layers, I started to get the sensation or build my, my intuition or my senses to be able to feel whether these uh, crystals were pulling my energy field more towards the earth, more outwardly to the world, or more upwardly to spirit. So I started on that, on that level, uh, very basic. And as I started to communicate more with them or, or trust more that this is what I was feeling and it was real to me, um, I would then be able to ask the crystal questions such as where, what, what energies do you hold that can assist me in my my life right now so I could sometimes get just in the beginning a specific words like grounding protection connection until I developed more of a communication with the crystals where I would get more of a conversation from them and um, detailed information on the relationship that we can have with specific crystals to assist us in our day-to-day -day happenings of our life that can help us see ourselves from a different perspective and see our situations in a different light. 
I have to say, there's probably going to be quite a lot of listeners out there who are thinking, what, what is this? You know, we're talking about rocks here. And I, <laughs> I certainly felt the same myself several years ago. I think it was when I, well, it's it maybe about seven years ago when I, when I left my job and went traveling. I didn't, I'd never had a crystal before, but I just, I broke up with my boyfriend and I felt this need for a crystal. And I eventually came across this, just a, it wasn't a rose quartz, just a normal quartz crystal. And I saw it and I knew I had to have it. And I wore it, but as, as soon as I put it on, I was with a friend at the time and I knew nothing about crystals at all. I put it on and then I got in this terrible mood and I didn't recognize, I didn't realize for a while. And after about half an hour, I, I suddenly clicked. I said, oh my God, it's since I've put this crystal on. So I took the crystal off and put it in my bag and then my mood shifted. When I got home, I looked it up and discovered that actually crystals hold the energy of different people. And so it must have been that all these people touching the crystal had put their energy in. And I was just so sensitive to it that I came over in this terrible mood. And that actually happened to me on, on several occasions with various different crystals. So I had that, that was one of my first experiences of crystals. And then when I drank ayahuasca in Peru, somebody gave me a, an, an ayahuasca necklace type, a very beautiful necklace, and it had tiger eye stones on it. And again, I knew nothing about this. But what I felt was, so I insisted on always wearing the quartz necklace once I'd cleansed it of the heavy energy and then once I was able to put that on again but whenever I got on a, a bus ride anywhere I just felt this strong urge to wear this tiger eye crystal mm. and again when I got home from my traveling I checked it out and discovered that tiger eye is actually a crystal that is protective for traveling mm -hmm. so that was my first that was really my first experience with crystals and then not long after I did a theta healing course funny enough, in Mysteries, where you, where you used to work. And at this, this was very early on in my journey, so I'd only just really started to open up and accept my communication with spirit. But on this Theta Healing course, we were asked to communicate with crystals. And I just thought, are you crazy? You're asking me to talk <laughs> to a rock here. Um, and I think a few of the other people in the class were kind of thinking the same as well. But we did it, of course, it was part of the course. So we did it. And um, when we actually um, communicated amongst ourselves about the information that we'd got back from the crystal, it all matched. And some of it was very tangible information as well. That to me was you know, very early on in, uh, in my development with this. But uh, I just kind of wanted to say that because I know that there will be people who just think, we're talking about rocks. But crystals are actually very, very powerful, magical stones. I think we tend to forget that a quartz is what powers our computers and it's what powers our phones, etc. So, yeah, just, just some food for thought for anyone out there who's thinking these, these ladies are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a beautiful point, Nabby, because um, that was also a big part of my studies for this two-year diploma because it was a group of, I think, maybe 20 to 24 of us that took these two years together to study. So we would sit a lot in meditation and we would receive the messages from the crystals and at the end we'd all share. And the majority of the time, all of the information was so similar that we were all in awe that we were actually in communication because our mind is a very strong body and our mind usually likes to tell us if there's no um, sound emitting from something, if uh, there are no words coming out, that things may not be completely alive or they're not really a part of an intelligence. Now, I really feel that we're in a moment now where we're really waking up, especially when it comes to the plant kingdom and um, even the elements when, when we look at the studies of what our thoughts do to water and the body of water. So remembering also that the mineral kingdom, it takes thousands up to millions of years for some crystals to form in our earth, which is a combination of many different elements coming together and one of them being water. So saying that if water holds memory, so does the crystals. And if these crystals take so many millions of years to form, then what memories are they record are recorded inside of these crystals? And these are nice questions that I like to ask the crystals myself. We have some very special pieces here in Etamanel, 
which have been hand mined by a couple from California. And um, they are Himalayan quartzes, uh, which are of optical clarity. And they have been one of the strongest communicators of information to do with their origin and what their mission is here on the planet and why they are now coming into the hands of humans. Because I really feel there is a lot of controversy about how crystals are mined. Is it good to have them decorated into tables and uh, huge bathtubs and the rest of the things that sometimes we can, humans can create. And I always take it back down to intention. If we are creating and taking with a loving intention, then these minerals in these crystals are able to assist us in a positive way and we are also assisting their consciousness and their evolution in a positive way. We're bringing two powerful forces together to create more on a, on a level of love and beauty. I feel with the, with the Himalayan quartzes that they have been one of my biggest teachers because they are teaching me or communicating with me more about us as a collective rather than what can I get from this crystal. Um, usually when people are looking for a crystal, they're looking for how it can benefit them, their sel themselves. For example, they are heartbroken and somebody is needing some sort of support during a breakup. So they look for something like rose quartz that can be soothing and nurturing and open up the heart center to be able to attract a greater love into their lives. Whereas I really feel with these Himalayan quartzes, they're teaching us about a collective energy and a collective healing that's not just for us as humans, but also restoring harmony back on the planet as I feel we are all very much aware of our global situation that has many people in worry. And as these beautiful pieces have come from the, the earth, they already know all. As you're saying that, I'm looking down at my huge rose quartz crystal, which, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a beast, isn't it? And this, it is. this is the size of the crystal that I need to open up my heart. So, uh, but it's, it's, it's doing the trick. Um, but it was, just going back to something you were saying, it was interesting what you were saying with the intent that we put into the crystals and building crystals into great big baths and showers and whatever else is out there. Because it is something that I've actually thought of before as well, because, you know, they are of the earth. And so if they are of the earth, the earth must need them. So it has been a concern of mine that, you know, are we taking too much? And I just think it's, it's one of those things, again, we just need to be conscious that a crystal isn't a fashion Item. I mean, it can certainly be made into a fashion item. Again, going back to my, my rose quartz <laughs> necklace around my neck, <laughs> it's very fashionable. But I'm wearing that with an intent and a purpose and for a reason. And so, yeah, I just think it's we, we kind of maybe need to be conscious of the ethical side of it and only be really buying crystals that we are drawn to because it really is about that draw, isn't it? The, the crystal that you need will will come into your life you you will know what crystal you need so yeah I just I, I think that's that's an important thing to get over about being ethically sourced and I know that that's the kind of work that you do as well you only do ethical um ethical dealers I have um I have connections with many different types of dealers and um how I do my buying of my crystals is I hand select each one that's here some of them it's a little bit difficult to trace back to the original mine because it's handed down through so many hands by the time it gets to a wholesaler. So um, sometimes it's difficult to say exactly when a crystal has been ethically sourced unless they've been hand mined. And I think one of the more very interesting thing about the hand mined crystals is that they are crystals that are found in pockets very close to the surface 
of the mountain. So it means that they're ready to be seen. They want to be experienced. They, they're ready for us to, to take them and to not to take them that they belong to us because, I mean, when we, when we put everything into perspective and when we leave this world, everything goes back to the earth, including our bodies. So these pieces will always belong to the earth Yet I really feel that the crystalline kingdom, they truly desire to be in connection with us because they are assisting our evolution here on earth, allowing us to become more into our crystalline body. Now, when I talk about our crystalline body, I refer to our higher consciousness, that beautiful, soft voice that is able to give us a higher perspective of what's happening with us individually and what's happening with us globally. I want to take it back to what you said, Nayabi, about how crystals or quartzes especially are used in our technology because I think it's a very important statement. We sometimes push things aside when it comes to not being able to fully comprehend with our mind, yet these devices that we use on a daily basis that are so important to us like our phones our laptops you know even down to airplanes all of these incredible human creations are only possible to work because they have an element in quart of quartz within them our watches as well so for me it shows that it's a scientific fact that quartz is a transmitter it transmits energy now if we put the intention into that quartz because you've combined it with different different technology to create this transmission of information through the internet what stops us doing the same during a healing session if we are coming in with the intention to create a transmission of light or of a connection with a higher intelligence i feel it's it's interesting that we are using the mineral kingdom in our everyday life and sometimes not even aware and we just think it's a rock yeah (laughs) yeah well yeah the rock that we're standing on (laughs) very true existing on and, and 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 this is i think we do this a lot in our society we kind of dismiss the things that we can't see we have this huge reliance on on science but the way we use science at the moment we we look at it as a way of science proves all but actually science just simply, simply seeks to understand and it's seeking to understand something that is far bigger and far greater than the intelligence that any of us have to even apply that science because mm-hmm. we're talking about this you know the vastness of the universe and as I say if, if science doesn't prove it we dismiss it so um yeah but it's it's, it's interesting that you mentioned the word science there because you know it, it is a scientific fact these crystals are uh, transmuting energy mm-hmm. because it is doing it in our in our everyday life i by far i'm not a scientist Um, i have only studied with the stones on an esoteric level on an energy level part of my crystal healing diploma we touched upon the very basics of science so um, knowing the hardness of the stone the uh, formation the family that it belongs to because just like us with our ancestors we um, crystals also have a huge family that they belong to as well I wanted to touch upon scientists because maybe whether they've acknowledged or not that this kingdom is able to connect with our consciousness, giving us new information and promote many benefits to our physical body and our subtle bodies, there is no denying from the mineral kingdom that it is absolutely stunning to witness. So just on a on a physical level glancing at a huge sparkling amethyst it's breathtaking to see how nature can in perfect harmony put together something that's so incredibly designed nature doesn't make mistakes does it no no mistakes just perfect precision so for those of you who are looking to deepen your connection with crystals or who would like to experience 
the energies and the magic that they transmit. Just with your intention, ask the mineral kingdom to come into your life. If you have crystals already at home, I recommend for you to sit in a quiet space with them. Pick just one to begin with and sit with it for, doesn't need to be longer than 10, 15 minutes, but just put your intention into the crystal and really more so the intention from yourself to open up to any information that the crystal would like to give you. And um, whether you think it's your imagination or your mind speaking, it doesn't matter. Absorb the information, you can write it down afterwards. And like with everything in life, be playful. Be playful with it. We don't need to take it so seriously. Be light and allow whatever wants to communicate with you through the crystal to do so. Saying that, Nayabi touched upon this before, there are some stones because they are they absorb inf information and they also absorb energy that if you come across any stones that may be making you not feel good or um, are transmitting a negative energy, then it's important to either clean your crystal or to give this crystal back to the earth where the earth can restore the energy. And how to clean your crystals, there are numerous ways that you can clean your crystals. Always be careful with water because some crystals can dissolve in water or scratch or damage the coloring of the crystals. But I always recommend the biggest healer is sound. So whether it's playing a beautiful piece of music or you have some bells or Tibetan bowls or crystal bowls or even your voice by singing to your crystals, this allows a, the, the crystal to go back to its original blueprint. You can also smudge crystals. So for those out there who like incense, white sage, desert sage, copal, magical mixed resins, these are also very good to take the crystals back into their original blueprint where they are able to communicate about their vibration. And that's one more thing I wanted to talk about crystals is crystals communicate with us through their vibration and through connecting with our vibration. So it's a beautiful way to learn about how we are vibrating in our lives and how crystals can assist us with raising our vibration to be more on a higher frequency to receive from spirit. Well, thank you. That's beautiful advice. My advice is if you're going to sing to a crystal for the first time, do it behind closed doors because otherwise people think you're a crazy person <laughs> singing to a rock. <laughs> but, uh, but moving on with that, that was fantastic to hear a little bit there about the mineral kingdom. But I'd love to hear about your connection with spirit as well. How did that come about? Okay, now, Abby, now you're going to think I'm a real crazy woman. <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> My connection to spirit, well, we are spirit. <laughs> but I started channeling. I was still working in mysteries, so probably about 10 years ago now. And through channeling, I spent many, many years, and I want to put this out to people, doubting myself, doubting the information, not really believing it, putting it to the back of, of the closet, not wanting to really do it, but it was something that I'd always felt very drawn to. In my early 20s, I felt very drawn to read a book called Seth Speaks, which is by an amazing channeler called Jane Roberts, who was the original who brought through the concept of the law of attraction. It, it opened something in me. And uh, through Jane Roberts, I then came on to Abraham Hicks, who also was very much inspired by the Seth series and I used to spend hours watching Esther and Jerry Hicks and listening to some of um, Jane Roberts channelings and I felt so inspired and I always thought 
I want to do that. I want to connect with something that's so far beyond myself that I don't understand the information <laughs> that's coming through. But being able to read back or look back at what it is that's coming through. Yeah, I, I really felt inspired to put a calling out to connect with spirit. I started off first with wanting to know who my spirit guides were. And that was a very slow process. I didn't get this huge awakening. It took quite a few years to meet one of my guides, which was through a dream, a very lucid dream. And my channeling tool, because I have a tool when I channel, is a board. Now, this also has a, uh, a controversy around it, as there are so many horror movies made about Ouija boards and spirits coming through but this was actually um, a very poorly made homemade <laughs> plastic board with just some letters stuck around it and I realized that um, and spirit explained to me that this tool was and is still is now sacred to me because through the movement and the physicality of focusing on the letters my mind body which the mind is so strong and especially my mind is so strong when it comes to channeling because I'm always questioning mm, is this real is this real is this real it allowed my mind body to and my mind to be completely focused where information from a higher source could be heard so I throughout the years my channeling has expanded the messages I sometimes channel from a very earthly level so my questions in the beginning used to start off with how old am I going to be when I get married am I ever going to have kids how much money am I going to make this year all of these type of questions then going more into astrology then going more into consciousness and I guess now my channelings are very expansive whilst I am channeling I don't retain the information so after a channeling session don't ever ask me what was said because I can't remember so thank god I have my mum that records it all but I do have a clear sense of feeling and when I am connected with spirit there's nothing like it well, I have to say, I, I actually experienced the, uh, can we say Ouija board? <laughs> I experienced this very spirit recently. Board. The spirit board. I experienced this <laughs> recently. And I'm not going to lie, those negative connotations were there. I was like, what are we doing here? I mean, obviously, I know you and I know everybody who is in the room and I know that everybody is of absolute pure intention and high, high, high levels of consciousness. Um, so I had the trust. But the negative connotation of the Ouija board stroke spirit board was, was in my mind, I have to say. But it was a beautiful experience and the information that came through from spirit was was incredible and a very high level. So yeah, it was it was it was nice for me to to have that experience and to and to push away my own negative connotations around that, which have mm -hmm. been instilled in us from watching watching horror movies. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just it just going back to what you said there as well, it's interesting that you you know that you use the board to help you with your self-doubt and not trusting yourself, not trusting the messages. I have exactly the same issue. I don't actually have a tool. I'm, I'm developing platform mediumship so that there, there's, there's no tool and it's just a case of stepping out in front of an audience, not having a bloody clue what you're going to say and no idea what's going to come until it starts coming and it's terrifying. But I've been working with that for, well, I've been doing the platform mediumship for maybe three, three years, maybe four, uh, but developing with my work with Spirit for seven years and I still have the self-doubt that you've mentioned, I, 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 I struggle with it so much, the, the lack of confidence. And again, this is from this lack of understanding or support that we have in our society for the fact that this is real. And yes, science can't prove it, but that doesn't mean that that's, that that's not in existence. And there's so many people doing it now I mean, on this beautiful island it's it's incredible it's, it's actually really helping me being on this island is me, meeting so many other people who have all of these 
extraordinary gifts, if you like, because they're, they're seen as extraordinary because we don't recognise and accept them in our society. But actually, there's many, we all have these gifts to varying degrees. Everybody has the ability to, to connect with spirit. Not everyone is born to be a medium, for example, but everyone can connect with a loved one if they just put that intention out and then listen to what comes back. And when I say listen, it's, it's, it's having an open mind as to the way that the, the response that you're going to get, the way you're going to hear it. Maybe it's back to horror movies. We just think that something's going to suddenly like materialise in our room and, and you know it's going to be a very obvious experience. But actually, these experiences can be very gentle and subtle. And so it can be very difficult for, for any kind of developing medium or anybody who, not even medium, anyone who's just connecting with spirit or this higher source, is to believe and accept and trust what's coming through because we've spent most of our life being told it's our imagination. And trying to undo that is very difficult. And I've been, as I said, developing for seven years now. I go on many, many courses because I don't have the confidence to use my gift yet in the public domain because I, I just don't feel ready. I don't have that. I, I, I'm still not trusting. So I've met many, many other developing mediums along the way and they all have the same problem. Mm. Everybody has tr trouble with trust. Everybody has trouble with confidence. So mm. just, again, very interesting to hear you say exactly the same story. Yeah, for the first, I'd say, first six years, I was constantly looking for proof. If spirit would give me something, I'd say prove it. And what was really interesting was that I used to get um, many, many, many confirmations that the information that was coming through was solid information. And at one point, I was very much blown away because they gave us a name of somebody that was actually a very unique name that when the name came through we all kind of laughed and and felt yeah that's I don't know anyone called that two days later this person came into the life of of my friend and that was one of those moments where there was a day of feeling this information is real spirit is real wow this isn't a lie and then we go through more challenges in our lives and we're still saying, prove it, prove it. We want more proof. And I realized that life is giving us the answers all the time. It, you know, it's just sometimes we are not awake to see it. So I'm still working on my confidence. I don't work with people in one-to-one -one sessions. I don't have a desire to do big platform work like Esther Hicks does, yet I have just a really beautiful, simple relationship with my board, <laughs> my mother, a very dear friend of mine, who um, also is very much connected to spirit and very much in honor of the information that comes through that we are allowing this energy to grow. Now, one thing that I wanted to comment about this kind of the mythology of this Ouija board is that I guess we touched upon this with the crystals as well. Our intention, if we are going into a ritualistic or ceremonial setting and our intention is to say, okay, spirit, I want to bring through spirit and you have no grounding technique you have no awareness about protecting yourself and you would not completely crystal clear with what energies you're calling upon yes things can come through and um, I've only had it once where I did not um, set my clear intention and there was straight away a, um, a feeling that felt off and I stopped it straight away I grounded, I reconnected, I was clear, and then whew, the, the information started flowing. So with everything, I just feel it's so important that we create our connection to our earth, keep ourselves centered, and when we open ourselves up, we are opening with intention and we are calling upon specific ancestors, guides, or beings that we know in our heart or that we have a very deep connection to and that we trust to bring through messages, guides such as spirit guides um, and also some incredible masters 
can come through at times. I know that you channel a beautiful master of Avalon, Merlin. Well, you've literally just outed me there on the air. Thank you for that, Lydia. I, had, I hadn't actually shared that with uh, any of our listeners yet. But I'm grateful. I'm very grateful that you've given me the, that, the opportunity to do that. So once again, you are supporting me in my stepping in my power and owning my gifts and who I am. So thank you for that. But uh, yeah, it's, it, it actually ties really neatly into what we've just been saying about the confidence and, and not so much the trust because I, I, I trust he is who he says he is. That's not the issue. The, the issue, I guess, is the judgment that I feel from this because, again, we live in a society that doesn't really accept this. And so it's one thing to say, hey, I'm channeling spirit. It's another to say I'm channeling, channeling a legendary wizard. That just takes it one step too far. And, you know, I've, um, I've often questioned why couldn't you just be Bob the Builder? But I guess Bob the Builder wouldn't have such pearly words of wisdom to share with the world. The reason that Merlin has come through as Merlin, because we have, he had, he's had many lives, I've had many lives, we've had many lives together. Mm-hmm. But the reason that he's showing himself as Merlin in, in this particular instance is because he's trying to show at this, at this beautiful and conscious awakening that we're having, this, this, this incredible time, he's trying to show that magic's real. We have everyday magic, which I think we, we miss. So we have the magic of nature, the flower that blooms. We have the magic of birth, the creation of life. We have magic that is just around us all the time, which we dismiss. But we also have the magic of connection with spirit. And we've discussed here today even the connection with the mineral world, which again is part of nature. But we also have the magic of creative thought. Now, you've actually touched upon that already today when we've spoken about the law of attraction, or you've mentioned the law of attraction there. And the magic of creative thought is something that is so powerful, and we've been locked in our negative mind for a very, very long time. And I think what, what part of what Merlin's trying to show when he's coming through that, you know, when we talk about magic, it's not piff, paff, poof with a magic wand. It's, it's actually this, this, this magic that is around us all the time. And as I say, the, the, the power of, and the magic of the, of the creative mind is a huge thing, which again is something that we dismiss. Again, possibly not, not proven by science again. I think there's a need as part of this awakening for everybody to become aware of this because whether you are conscious of it or not, you are doing it. You are creating your world with your mind, with your thought process. And unfortunately, we've, we've been in this negative state of being for such a long time that we are, many of us are creating negatively. We get up in the morning and often the first thing that many people put on is the news. So they go out into the world with this negative mindset of everything's bad out there you know there's all this terrible stuff going on in the world so it can be very very difficult for us to to break through that our thoughts have actually been hijacked over many years there's there's so much outside influence that affects our thoughts but more and more people are actually starting to become aware of the law of attraction and are starting to change that thought process and recognizing when they're having a negative thought and maybe picking up on it and trying to just trying to change that negative thought, which is it's a hard process because those those negative thoughts are so deeply embedded in our system, in our mind. And trying to change a deeply rooted negative thought with this small positive thought that you maybe don't believe yet can be a very, very tough process. But it is a process that we do all need to go through. It's certainly one that I've been going through for many years myself. And I still find myself sliding down the slippery slope of negativity because it's the natural thought process of our society. So I actually have to check my thoughts constantly. And what I found is that, as I mentioned before, it can be really hard to change a huge, already embedded negative thought with a small positive thought. And what we are actually taught through some of the law of attraction teachings is that we need to replace those negative thoughts with positive statements or or affirmations, such as, I am healthy, or I am accepted. But sometimes, depending on how deep into the negativity we are, it can be really difficult to accept or believe those statements. So what I've actually found, despite some of the teachings suggesting it's wrong, is to start off by saying, I will be healthy, can actually be a really good stepping stone into believing before you're then ready to start making the statement of, I am. Because if you don't believe, then you can actually end up creating more negativity in your mind by resisting the positive thought. 
And that's not helpful. So what are your thoughts on the negative thoughts? (laughs) Oh, yeah, the mind, the thoughts. I have a different perception on the mind body and on the thought body. I, I like to look at them as bodies because they have their own intelligence, just like our physical body does. We, I think, again, I'm not a scientist in any way, but I'm sure there have been many um, research, many researches done about our mind and how we use our mind, um, especially um, for big corporations who are wanting to entice us into buying certain products. Um, I'm sure they've done many studies into how to capture our attention through the mind and the thoughts. So one thing that I understand about our thought body is that we are able to process only a certain amount of thoughts per minute. And if we overextend that, we come into a physical state of stress. So overthinking doesn't do anybody any good. Because when you when you think about thoughts, they're always trying to find the reason, the answer, the why, the how. And when you look at nature, And when you look at how nature is in total harmony with the earth that it's rooted on, it doesn't need to know when, how and why. And what does that tree think of me if my flowers are bigger or brighter? Um, If that tree is thinner or fatter, it just exists in its perfect divinity and I feel that our thoughts are a huge key to unlocking creative potential through our imagination yet we are dealing with a mass hijack and as a collective we are bombarded by negative images, negative news, negative situations that are happening around the world that influence our thought body and that affect us to become on a lower frequency. And when we are using our thoughts to be creative, we are raising our frequency. So thoughts are not bad. And also thoughts, they don't really belong to us. They are either sent to us from an outside source or uh, from an outside negative source or they're sent to us from an outside positive source. As I said before, I perceive a big difference between the thought body and the mind body. The mind-body to me holds our intellect and our intellect is our capacity to receive and hold information on many levels. Some of this information is garbage because it's given to us by sources that do not have our highest intention held. Yet this mind-body also holds the key to our great intellect where we're able to receive wisdom and where we hold the knowing of the great mind. There is not one negative thought that you have not had that the world has not had. We have different situations that play out in our lives, yet the majority of the time we're repeating the same thoughts. And I feel this is where our creativity is so important for us to be creative with all of this information that we're storing in ourselves to be outwardly expressed in a way that creates more love, joy and beauty into our world. And I think that brings us onto the subject of the law of attraction, what we're bringing into our world. It's... um. It's a beautiful thing when we realise that we are creators creating with the creator. I like that, creators creating with the creator. I'm glad I actually managed to say that because I thought it was going to be a bit of a tongue twister there. 
Um, but yes, and it is, it's just, it's so important to recognize, I've already said this, but it's so important to recognize that that's what we're doing because when we recognize that, we can start to do that on a, on a higher level. We can have, you know, we can um, work through the negative thoughts to, to come to the positive thoughts. But there is, I feel there's a lot of teachings out there with the law of attraction that we just have to focus on the love, focus on the light. And yes, of course, that is what we, you know, we do need to try to negate those negative thoughts, as I said, and try and replace as many negative thoughts as possible with the positive ones to try and create what we want to create. But the problem with that is, you've touched on this a little bit with the mind body, it's not just about thoughts. So yes, we can, every time we have a negative thought, we can replace it with a positive one. But if we don't truly believe that positive thought, then we are not vibrating at a level that will allow us to attract that into our lives. So sometimes we actually have to go deeper and darker and we have to access and look at our shadow self. And as I say, sometimes I feel this can be a little bit missed in the teachings of the law of attraction where we're just told focus on the love and light. Uh, by focusing on the love and light, we are ignoring a very important part of the law of attraction in terms of this vibration that I speak of. So yes, so we need to face that shadow self. And we need to accept that when we're facing that shadow self, we are going to go a bit dark, things are going to get tough, and the law of attraction is going to kick in there as well, and we are going to attract more shit, quite frankly. But when we understand and recognize that what we're doing is facing the demons so that we can release them, so that we can then vibrate higher to be able to attract the good stuff into our life, it's a lot easier to accept some of the crap that is coming in at that time. I actually had a very tough, this, this, this first six months of this year was very, very tough for me. Holy hell, just rained down on my ass, to be honest. And it just wasn't stopping. I've been working for many years on self and releasing my demons. And the way it tends to normally flow is I go through a tough time for, you know, a couple of months, however long it is. And then I get, I get to swim in the glory of all the work that I've done for a period of time. But this time, this, the first six months of this year, it was it just did not stop. There was no there was no coming up for air. Every time I thought, yes, the work's done, it was boom, here we go again. And during that period, because I was going into that that shadow self and that negative aspect of self, I was you know, I was I was getting up every morning. I wasn't sleeping well. I was getting up tired, so then I was grumpy. And of course, rather than having gratitude for everything that was happening in my life, I just had the hump, to be honest. And I was attracting on that on that vibration. So I've had I've I've never had a speeding ticket in my life. I, I got six. Um, luckily in Ibiza, where we don't actually get points on our license, but I got six speeding tickets. I was constantly getting driving infractions, and every time I got a ticket for some kind of driving infraction, the next day I would also get an issue with my flat that something had to be fixed. So money was m- money was just rolling out the door. I even had an issue when I was coming to Ibiza that the apartment that I booked turned out to be fraudulent, which wasn't covered by the insurance companies. I'd paid for it in full. I lost a lot of money and it was bloody frustrating going through this. But the one thing that was able to sort of help with that was the fact that I recognized what was going on and I, I accepted what was going. So every time this, every, every time I got some kind of driving infraction or something came through another bill that had to be paid, instead of feeding into that, I just said, hey, I know what's going on here. I accept that I'm having that I'm creating negatively off the back of me facing my shadow self. But I know that by facing my shadow self, I'm going to step into the light at whatever point that that actually is. And I'm just going to pay the tickets and then forget about it. And I'm so grateful for having that knowledge and understanding, because to be quite honest, if I didn't, I would probably be going through hell right now still. But that allowed me, it was still it was six months, it was a long time, but it allowed me to, to work through that. And the shift that has happened off the back of that, the place that I'm vibrating now, is worth all of those speeding tickets, to be honest. Yes, our thoughts can play many tricks on us. Um, it's an interesting subject, the shadow side of us. I um recently got a message from spirit about the shadow i asked well what's its purpose and spirit said to me the light just wants to play with the shadow and i thought what (laughs) how could this divine creation of love and light that is in its purest form want to create something of such density and of such negativity just to play And um, Spirit just told me again to go back to nature. When we look at nature 
and we see the shadows that are created, we don't see them as something negative. We see it as something that nature is naturally creating. Um, when we look at our moon and the phases of our moon, um, we also don't look at that as something negative. We just look at that as another cycle. So I'm learning if we can start to communicate with our shadow, dance with it, play with it, talk to it. When we're feeling in this really shitty space, we can ask it, hey, what's your problem? What's going on with you? What do you want to tell me? Why are you acting like this? It would be interesting to see what response we get. I really feel that our shadow is just as important as our light. Yet that doesn't mean that we get to excuse um, behavior that is destructive. It just means that we get to accept that we have many facets of self that may not be coming from directly a divine source. Sometimes we um, are diluted by different energies that leave us with a residue of something that's not that's more dense and that's not of a light body but that doesn't mean that it's evil so I feel a lot of people are scared to do shadow work because they attach it to something demonic I am getting to a point in my awareness where I want to honor and play with the two forces, these two magical attributes that allow us to create light in a material world. Anyone out there who is feeling like shit, Mm -hmm. who has got financial issues, who is worried, who is sick, who is not in the best place vibrationally, it's okay. And you don't need to believe yourself into being better I feel it's more so honoring yourself and your situation which allows the opening for change to come. Because when we we honor ourselves, we wake up to the reality that we are here for a reason and we are meant to be here now and we play such a huge role in existence all of us and without one of us right here right now existence would miss us so we're all a vital part even these lower frequencies that we feel that we are fighting protesting killing ourselves over it's all part of a divine play that sometimes it is hard for us to comprehend through mind and through thoughts. And this is where the awareness of spirit and our spiritual body is so important because it takes us away from chaos and back into oneness, away from the duality, which is present, but so is the oneness. Well, thank you. That was really beautiful. And yeah, without, without night, there can be no day. And we don't understand joy unless we feel sadness. Totally. So when we look at nature and inside our earth, there is a place of darkness and moisture that on the outside perception, we look at being yucky and ooh. But really, this is the most fertile ground for a seed to grow and to blossom into being a beautiful flower or a tree or a plant. So I feel that our shadow, a beautiful invitation into expansion of light. 
from the darkness the light will grow we've just got to face the darkness well thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast today um i didn't know exactly where this where this conversation was going to go when we started it but i feel like we've covered quite a few topics actually so uh hopefully the listeners at home got something out of that uh but thank you again thank you so much nayabi for this beautiful conversation together it feels uh very natural like two friends chilling in a healing room (laughs) talking about consciousness no it's been an absolute pleasure and um if you don't mind me saying i would love to invite everybody to check out our website which is www.etamenel.com where you can find all the information you wish about our center about our beautiful crystals and space clearing tools and of course um, you will be able to find the Spirit of Life book here to purchase. Again thank you so much Nayabi for creating these podcasts to be able to build a platform and share more of what's happening here on this magical island of Ibiza so it's been an honour. Thank you. And thank you for plugging my book. I don't think I've even done that myself yet. (laughs) You've outed me on Merlin and you've plugged my book. (laughs) Thank you so much again. And thank you to all the listeners out there. Tune in next time.